Hello and welcome to Hell in Podcast Form. Sunderland ensured 2K plus fans endured probably the scariest Halloween that they could imagine as they did the very best impression of killer clowns from outer space at Rotherham's New York Stadium. Somehow, we've managed to pluck up the courage to do a podcast, and much like the popular film, we're hoping it'll be a good exorcism that'll rid us of the anger that lies inside. And failing that, we'll just do exactly what the priest did in the movie and jump out of the window. To join me is long-term friend, but new voice of the podcast and debutant to the pod. It's one of the faces behind Sunland Central Scotland branch, Dan Pugh. Dan, how are you doing? Are you all right? Hi. Uh, not bad. <laughs> could, <it> be, <laughs> could be better. Hi. Not bad. I'm not, you're breathing, which is the start, I guess. Isn't it? Um, like I say, there's always the window available for both of us. Um, on the flip side, as always, or it's normally anyway, our opposition voice is Matt from the New York podcast. I'm going to assume you're doing all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a pretty good Saturday. Yeah. You're all right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> I mean, it is Halloween. So I guess, you know, there's, there's one thing. Oh my God, my cat's kicking right off. Anyone can hear that. I'm not going to edit it. I can't be asked. You're going to have to just deal with it, guys. All right. Um, we don't normally record this early, but I have a Halloween night planned, so we have recorded early and typically something lost 5-1, Dan. It's less than an hour after full time. How are you feeling? Fucking annoyed, if I'm honest. Um, like, it was just crap from start to finish, wasn't it? It was just not, I can't offer one ounce of positivity about it. And that's not me being Halloween and negative and scary. It was just dreadful. I mean... We've had it for a while now. Well, a couple of games, a couple of away games recently, or a couple of home games, but it was just dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. You, you know, you get the morale boost in midweek with the cup game and the draw this morning, and you think there's a bit of hype about it. There's been a lot of hype about the fans going all the games, all the sellouts, and you think, what? how can they turn the performance like that in when you, with everything else is going on, all the positivity elsewhere, like off the pitch? It's just, I can't. It's one of the worst things, one of the worst games I've seen ever, if I'm honest. I'm old enough to remember when we beat Wuthering 5-1. So now I feel old and fucking sick. Um, Matt, obviously, you're going to be the opposite side, but we do always get an opposition fan on, which was a great idea at the start of the season when we win all the games. Now I'm thinking it's a horrendous idea, but um, you're here nonetheless. Um, we talked during the week. We said it was going to be a good game. We said, you know, both sides felt like they were sort of in form and being looked at. Uh, Wuthering obviously showed up today, but um, how do you assess the game from, from your side? We were we were faultless, you know. Well, faultless. The goal we conceded was a poor goal to concede. We haven't mentioned that in a minute, but I think all our players played very, very well. Um, yeah, we may maybe had another gear, but I think the way that Sunderland set up suits so, so down to ground. If you're going to knock ball around from the back with not much conviction, we're probably going to press you. We're going to put you. What should have happened at two one or something like that? You should change the way they're playing. Go go more direct. Try and bypass the press. Play into our hands. They just perfectly play into our hands. I, I can't understand first of all why it started like that, and number two why they didn't change it during the game. I mean, I'm only I'm a, I've only seen Lee Johnson from afar, but it doesn't strike me as a guy who can change it during the game. If it's not working, I don't know. From what I've seen, it doesn't always change it very well, and that's played out today. I, I don't understand that playing that way against us. We beat MK Dom's three last week, and they tried doing exactly the same. If you've watched our last game, you can see what what will work. Well, what won't work when playing against us? I, I, I were baffled, to be honest. A big, a big one for me was um, you obviously play with your fullbacks. I think someone mentioned, I think it was Connor Bromley mentioned it today, and, and I totally agreed with him. Um, hi, Connor, if you're listening. Um, your fullbacks push on, 
mm. like they, they, they kind of all, they've done that for seasons. Like when you had um, I can't quite pronounce his name, but the boy from Man United who left and went to Preston on a Sunday. Oh, Sunday, yeah, yeah. Um, you, your boys at fullback have always pushed on, so you think, right, who am I going to put as my wingers? McGeady and, and mm. Dejagu. The, the defensively, probably the two worst wingers you could get, and, and you take Aidan O'Brien out. Did it feel like your fullbacks got a lot of joy today? Because I, I felt that from the opposition perspective. Yeah, I thought Chiog Benny on the right hand side had an absolute field day. He just he had the freedom of the right hand side of the pitch, and he is one of the best wings in the league. He's got pace; he can put a ball in for the most part. Uh, the left hand side we had Shane Ferguson, who is, who is more defensive minded, but in the first half he had a lot of joy going forward down that left hand side. Um, Chio's a fan favourite, us and for today, like I said, we were just faultless. He ended up McGeady and then going sent off for doing something stupid. Ordinary yellow card. Um, dickhead. Absolutely yeah, dickhead. Absolutely. I, can't, I can't work out why he's done that. On a yellow card, throwing yourself in, it, it almost read on its own. And to wear it on a yellow was just brainless. Um, but mm-hmm. that, I assume that's a frustration. Coming up against somebody like Chio, he can go, he can go, he can go long, he can run, it can come inside. It must, well, it's obviously just frustration that will come out. But I think wing back area definitely is, is one of the key areas we're you today. Yeah, I, I just felt that 100%. Um, Dana, I want to come to you with McGeady, as I said before, Dickhead. I love him, even if you are listening, I'm sure he's not. Um, big fan, and I'm sure you probably agree with me today, he's been a bit of a dickhead, but experienced players on the pitch, Dan, we'll talk about young players looking up to the likes of, I mean, who's our experienced players on the pitch? Onai and McGeady, um, they're, they're barely right, but we'll discuss that later. Um, McGeady's your captain, when you're on band, he goes and does that. I cannot fathom it, Dan. Honestly, it's just no. It's, it's inexcusable, isn't it? Like I, I said, it as soon as it happened. Like he, the first half was bad enough in terms of the soft little free kicks we were given away. Some of them were deserved, some of them weren't. But you know that's the type of rep you've got, right? Mm. So you just you don't do it. Ten seconds into the second half, he picked up that first yellow card. Ten seconds in, so that you've got to think like what's what's been said at half time. It shouldn't need to be said. It's a professional, it's experienced. This best week is is going to blow up for every little thing, right? So don't give him the chance. You give them, give away the first one. That's bad enough. And then the second one, like you say, Matt, what like it could have been a red on its own. Even without that, it was just there's no there's no possible rash, rationale for it. It's like he's going away from the pitch. He's going out before and just shield him out. Whatever you need to do. If a young lad did that, yeah, you'd be lambasting him all all, all season long. And, and but McGeady's there's just no reason for him to do it. And he it might not make a difference in the terms of the result in terms of the points, but it would obviously. You basically then send them to go on, you know, fully boots for goals now because we're down to 10 men and we're already struggling. So you might as well just keep going. Whether we would have got back into the game and got it to 3 2, you know, 3 3, 4 2, whatever, he just took that straight out of it. And we were saying before, weren't we? Like, it just looked like a decision that he made for, I can't be asked for this game anymore. It's not going my way. So I'll have an easy way out. And whether that's what he's thinking or not. But like I say, we, we know we've got young lads in the team. The young lads need to be looking up to these players, the experienced players, like you say, McGeady, Wright, Flanagan. Or nine, every one of them today was just we're making stupid decisions that the young ones have got to be thinking, how it what like what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to carry the team here when the when the when the professionals, the you know, the, well, the old professionals, the older professionals are doing stuff like that. Inexcusable, absolutely pathetic, to be honest. I can kind of if the likes of Callum Doyle makes a mistake or, or Dennis Serkin or one of the young boys, and there's a few that makes a mistake. I can kind of go, ah, you learn from that. That's kind of part of your, that's kind of part of your project. That's kind of the way it kind of sometimes is when you've got young, hungry players that, that are eager. And then you put your old pros in there to mix it up, don't you? And, and, yeah. and then McGeady does that. And they must be looking at that and go, is that what you do? 
I mean, I hope not, but like they must be watching that going, right, so I learned from this guy who's played in the Champions League. Oh, right, so I just kick someone when I can't get around them. There's making mistakes in, in terms of like, you know, playing the wrong pass or making the wrong decisions in terms of like trying to run it out when you should clear it. They're, they're young lads' mistakes that you'd expect to make. Mm-hmm. That's not a mistake that anyone's been making at any age or any level going in a tackle like that on a yellow card that, at any point in the game. So like, it's... That's why I just can't I can't fathom anything for it because it just doesn't I can't understand. There's no defences though. There's no defence no, for it. No, nah. like I say, like Doyle Doyle we know Doyle, he's 18, he plays sloppy passes every now and again, but he's a brilliant centre back and what potential he's got. Knows the mistakes you accept with the team. Mm-hmm. That from McGeady, you can't accept it under any circumstances at all in any at any level or time of the game or age of the player. Stupid. Talked about changing it before and, and Matt mentioned it. Um, obviously at half time he decided to change the formation and can't barely write on. I can't say I'm surprised, um, but we got worse under when 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 Bailey Wright came on, Dan. Um but before I get on to Bailey Wright, actually, we've mentioned this a few. Oh god, I could go on forever. Uh there's a few weeks now where I've raised the same question and I've said the same thing every week. I do love him, I do rate him as a player and so on and so forth. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, nah. I've lost my rag a bit. Luke O'Nine shouldn't be playing in midfield. His best position is right back, and he's not our best right back. He's, you've got to get him out of that midfield. He's been woeful again today, hasn't he, Dan? Yeah, it's just I'm the same as you. Like I've had enough of like I've had enough of it now. Like yeah. I, I get like after every game, it seems to be every defeat, he's the scapegoat. And, and, and for, to a certain extent, I do think that's a bit over the top. Sometimes I do feel sorry for him sometimes, but not that he's blameless in any of that. There's obviously players, but he just to me. He's never just playing the game or he's playing a different game. He's playing his own game to try and just do daft little things or just do like banter things as well. I think that's the only way I can describe it in my head. Like, oh, I can play an easy pass here, but I'm going to have to play it and then throw myself on the floor to, to make it look like I've done something really cool. Like, just just play the pass or like dive in and just do like, and you can see it when it, it just offers nothing. I don't understand what he offers now anymore in that position. I'm going for, nah, yeah. for a thing. And it's, it's just, I, I'm, I, like I said, I've just had enough of what he offers now. Like I say, whatever his contract, put him back and right back if you need to switch it up a bit and see what he can do there. If, if, you've, if, he's, if you've agreed with him, you can't play him there, then fine, whack him on the bench because he needs time out because he's playing every minute anyway. It's just, it's just, I, I can't, I, I don't like his his antics anymore. Is it? I don't like it. <laughs> nah, I, I, you know what? I like a bit of shit and I think we've missed it a bit, but when you shit house, it becomes detriment to your actual game. And, and, People said to me, like, oh, you know, I think 09's better at right back. And I was like, no, no, you know what? I thought he was good in midfield when he played last year. And then he got forced into centre back and did a right centre back, which obviously not a centre back. And and I was like, give him a chance in midfield. I'd like to see 09 in a three man midfield. In a two man midfield, he offers nothing because what he, what he offers is energy at, at the best of times. And I think Daniel offers 10 times the amount of that. So maybe in a three man midfield would be better. But if I'm, if I'm honest, I just. Oh, I like him. I like him a lot. He's a, he's a lovely lad. Um, yeah, but you just need to get out of the midfield. That's it. I think it just needs, it's just a break. I think, like, I've got nothing yeah. against him. I, I do like the lad, but I do, like, I, I've had enough of what he does. I just think he needs to get back to, to doing what he was doing last season when he was having to play out position because he had to learn a new position and focus and put his best in. And I think that's when he's at his best, when he has to, like, just get on with something that he's not used to doing. Like, I think when he's in midfield, he's, he's trying to do too much. Like, he wants to be the shouser, but then he wants to be the ball winner and he wants to be this and that. He wants to be everything. I just don't think that's the role he should be playing. And like I say, in a three, maybe he doesn't have to do that because there's an extra person to, to take some off him. And I just think he, 
I just think he needs to focus more on the game itself than what he can do in terms of like winning free kicks or shit. Like the shit hours and yeah, it works with other players. When you see it last week at Charlton, it didn't work because he just got bullied. So right. he's uh, he needs to have, even need to switch it up or give him give him a break, whether that's out of the team or in a different position or a different um combination of like you know a three man or whatever. He needs to something needs to happen differently if he's gonna keep playing, I think. Put him at left back in the changing rooms. Um, <laughs> one thing I, I did pick up on today, Matt, we've discussed him on your podcast this week. We've discussed him on my podcast this week and you said you quite liked uh, Will Greg. He's out the team. You scored five goals. I told you. I told you. Rubbish, <laughs> didn't I? Um, safe to say you didn't miss him today? Definitely not. No, I thought Freddie, Freddie Lodapo was brilliant today. He, he, the thing with Freddie is he's a goal scorer, but his work rate is never there. Never there. Uh, and it was. He, he was pressing. He was helping Smithy press, press the defenders. Um, but it was also in and around the box as well. He could have had three or four. He missed a couple of really good chances, Freddie. You could have had about um, 25, if I'm completely honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we talk about Freddie a lot on our podcast because of the way he plays, because of his, his lack of effort. But if he plays like he does today and more often, Greg's not getting back into the team. Because Freddie, he, he, that's, what, that, that's everything that's good about Freddie today. Um, I have got a lot of time for him, but... He's got to put this in all week in, week out. Because if you don't put that week in, we won't get promoted. That was what we need from him. The finish for the first one was superb. Such a good finish. Um, and that's what he gives us. He, he's got that in him. And I really, really want him to do well. Really want him to do well. And in fact, hopefully this is the start of him going and running and uh, scoring a bag full of goals because I love him. I hope it's not because I really would like you to keep hold of Will Greg. Um, I hope he's <laughs> shite continuously and you go, oh, get Will Greg back in because that would suit... That was every party. So yeah. True. So please, Freddie, if you are listening, I'm sure he's not. Um, play well more often, apart from when you play us, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I, I spoke to you off air about this, Matt, and you've mm. kind of alluded to it a bit. The most frustrating thing from a Sunderland perspective today is I knew rather more a good side. We've discussed it in detail on two podcasts this week. So I wasn't surprised that you were good when you turned up. But I felt like you had another gear to go up. I felt like mm. you beat us 5-1. And yeah, we had 10 men towards the end. Whether that would have happened, whether we had 10 men or not, I think probably would have done. But I, I just feel like you had another gear. Like, where does that rank in your performances this season? I don't. I, I honestly don't watch every week, but I feel like it's probably not your best you've played. Uh, I think for the whole game, it's prob- I think for 1 to 90, it's our best because for 1 to 90, we, we played the same. Um, but for example, when we played Portsmouth, there was a 15-minute spell where we were much better. But that was, it was only quite a short spell. From one to ninety, it was just running. You know, we we look at our midfield when Wiles, Barley's and Rathbone. They just run and they just run and run and run, and that's what won the game for us today. Is that we wanted it. We wanted it much more than Sunderland. From I one to ninety, absolutely agree with you on that. I thought Rathbone was actually superb. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy <laughs> he just doesn't stop running. He's like an energized bunny. He's been referred to. He's just really non-stop. And the fifth goal again, we're four one up and we're still pressing and still trying to win the ball back, and the energy levels are still there. Um, and that's that's why it ranks as such a good performance for us. Is yeah, we, we certainly could a lot of things better. We could have scored many, many more goals. Finishing was a little bit off at times. Uh, we gave the ball away a lot in the midfield. Barley's I had a I did have a good game, but he still gave the ball away a lot. He got caught caught in possession once or twice. So there was a, quite a lot of things we could do. Well, I, the first goal we considered well, the goal we considered was so frustrating. Uh, Edmund Green, he's backed off and backed off and backed off, and I. I I can't for the life of me work out what he was doing. It, they wouldn't just sort of get him and don't get let him get in that position. So there are areas of the game today which we didn't do very well. But we did we didn't stop, we tried, we kept going. 
Uh, and we took most of the chances we got, but like I said, we could have got plenty more. So there, although it was excellent, there is still a level for us to go to, I think, which is very, very exciting for us. I feel like it's another level for someone to drop. That's the way. <laughs> I'm sure there's not, but that's kind of the, that's kind of the history of Sunderland. I think just when you think it got bad, it got worse. Uh, it's like Michael Myers, and just when he thought he died, he didn't. Came back from the fiery furnace to put in more bad performances. Um, I'm very much in the Halloween mood. Don't know if anyone can tell. Um, Dan, on the flip side, I'm saying was that Rotherham's best performance of the season? Was that Sunderland's worst performance since we dropped into League One? Yeah, it's got to be up there, hasn't it? Um, just, I can't think uh, of worse. I can't think of worse, mate. I can't. I think probably similar to what Matt said. There's, there's probably been worse performances and isolations in, in parts of the game, but from a one to ninety, given the the form we're in, the form we have been in, the position we're in, you know, like I said before, the positivity around it, I think that is, the, yeah, it's got to be up there in terms of like, okay, yeah, we had shit performances when we were on shit runs in the Parkinson and under Ross and whatever, but. There's just, there was just no reason for that today. We didn't, like I said, they didn't need to get out of second gear because we didn't let, we didn't, we didn't need them to, or they didn't need to. Sorry, we didn't give them a chance to because they didn't have to. So, yeah, it was definitely one, one of the worst performances I've seen for a long time. You can see them five goals, you know, none of which were, you know, worldies and ones that you just hold your hands up and say, "Hi, right, fair enough, good goal." They were all goals that were preventable. I mean, three of them, just one on one, it's a one on one challenges or duels that we're just, we're just not a goal side and stuff like. Bailey right, Flanagan. You experience defenders. If the ball's going in the box, if you go side of someone, you've got a good chance of winning it. If they get ahead of you, fair enough. We won't even go side them. So we're giving them the chances to knock it's it basics, in. Like, it's basic, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's just there's no excuse for that. It's the same as like to me, that's as bad as well, nearly as bad as the Megiddo you know, red card, just not marking your man the way you should be marking. It's someone. the same level of unprofessionalism. I mean, that that's a thing we're, we're saying it's basics. The only reason a professional footballer should be getting the basics wrong is lack of effort or the other person wants it more than them. And Matt already said, it felt like we wanted it more. I feel like that. And I, I've praised Flannel to the absolute hill. I love the daft curly-headed bugger. I love him a bit. Um, but he was shite. Absolutely shite today. And it felt like for once in Flanagan something created, it wasn't a confidence thing. It wasn't a lack of quality. It was alongside a lot of other players. I'm not singling Tom Flanagan out because there's only one player I think I can give credit to today. I don't think they wanted it enough. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit on uh, Jacku as well, Dan. I'm not going to judge a player that early on, but I'm not that impressed. Um, I think he's a substitute, not a starter. Yeah. One of the things to me today was just the lack of organisation in the team. And I, one of the things with Jacku is, like I say, it's too early to judge him. We're not going to judge him because he's he's not had a preseason by all accounts. So he's yeah. You know, we've seen we've seen flashes of what he can do, but when we've seen him do his best stuff, is he's coming off the bench. And like like I said right at the start, I don't think the way that Robin were played, he was the right player at the start of the day. Whether Gooch was maybe again, he's still slowly building up his fitness from his injury and obviously playing a bit weak, but you can tell he's got he's got talent, right? You can tell that he's one of those players. He's got talent. He's got technique, but just his decision making. Today just seemed a bit off. It has been a bit off every game, but maybe that's just what you accept with that type of player. But he also just seems to like lose his feet a lot, <laughs> lose his balance a lot. He got played through in the box twice in the first half. I think once he either tread on the ball or did something, the second one he just slipped over. And <laughs> if he's not going to be helping out defensively and he's not contributing going forward, he just seems a bit lost. I, I felt a bit sorry for him to, his, to a certain extent, but I just thought there was it wasn't the game for him. I think if we'd had a hard fought battle. 
he's on the bench and you, you know we're, we're down by one or we're drawing and you bring him on like we've seen him do and then that was that maybe a different problem for them to deal with but I just don't think he was a threat at all and I don't know we just haven't found his best position maybe he always like I say he's still working up or something but it's a bit of a weird one I just think it was a wrong game for him to be starting I feel like this is really going to show my age and there's probably a big bunch of listeners a big bunch all 10 of them um, <laughs> that will probably not remember this person at all but he reminds me of his playing style of David Bellion like his feet are too big <laughs> and you're just like well you can run but you don't always take the ball with your kid um, yeah. and the problem we've got is you need to do that he's like a mix for me at the minute between David Bellion and Carsten Fredgaard or Chocolate Fireguard as he was so wonderfully known um, which doesn't bode well for younger listeners listening they were both pretty shy um, yeah. it doesn't bode well so um, I, I guess the, the big thing Dan is I don't want to kind of like I was very measured after um, Portsmouth peed me off. I could find reasons behind it. I was fairly measured last week after Charlton. Today has got on my goal because today was the kind of performance where I can't excuse any part of it. But the one person I've got to give credit to again and the only person I can give credit is Ross Stewart. Um, took his goal well again, caused problems, hit the post. Where would How, how much trouble are we, are we in, Dan, if, if, if Ross Stewart gets injured? Yeah, I think we talked about it, didn't we? Like, you feel in touch wood here. I'm not. If, if anything happens, it's not my fault. I'm not jinxing him. But if it, if he gets a knock or something, we're, we're we're screwed. Like he, and he don't think he had his best game today because he couldn't. Again, he couldn't have a good game, but oh, he had as good a game as he could have done with what he was dealing with. The goal was brilliant. The one at the post was unlucky. He, I think he kind of lost his head a bit in the second half. He gave away a few free kicks, but that's part of the cause. Everyone else was doing that. But that was probably his frustration. And especially when you went down 10 men, that's that's his game over. If it wasn't hard enough for him already, then it's, you know, doubly as hard then. But, you know, we, we should have capitalised on, on it more. We put a few good balls in when he was in good positions and we just we weren't getting the right ball out, the ball into him, the, the right angles and just the right positions. But we should have done more of that when we got that, well, that first goal. We, we should have just done more of that. We had a bit of a run there, 10, 15 minutes, where we looked a bit more threatening because of what he was trying to do and the positions he was getting in. And I think they were maybe, like Matt was saying, like they, they were obviously a bit worried about him, the way they scored the goal and stood off him and stuff. But then we didn't ever do that again. We didn't trust it again. But he's, he's uh, I am I said this in midweek in the cup game, and obviously I understand playing him and stuff, but we've got to try and manage his time well, especially while Broadhead's still out, because if we keep running him in the ground, we're going to be knackered if he, if he gets a knock. And you, I can't wait to listen back to this podcast when we beat Arsenal in a couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's going to be very, very good, isn't it? Um, focusing on the cup, that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. League Cup, please. Um, I think the big question is, and I think it has to be asked now, I think you can sometimes jump the gun and say, what needs to change after you've lost 1-0 in a game against Charlton? You probably should have drawn or got beat funnel of Portsmouth when it's a swimming bath or you lose 1-0 at Burton when you've had most of the play. But I think now at this point, we've, we've we lost three and five. Uh, that that's the fact. Something does need to change. I'm assuming the fact that Lee Johnson tried to make some sort of change at halftime. Horrendous set of changes, to be fair. But um, I'd rather he didn't. I'd rather he just left it as it was in hindsight. But something needs to change. Um, what what would you change, Dan? I think he's got to be bolder. And, yeah, I think he's got to change the, the formation or the person a little bit. I would switch up the midfield. I think he's got to be brave and dropping. And again, we're not singling people out, but it might be time to drop on nine for a game or two. 
maybe drop Doyle for game and two, give Alves a run because, you know, Doyle's been a lot of minutes as well. And, you know, Flanagan's experienced there. And, okay, yeah, he had a shaky game today, but he's been our best defender. So, yeah. And we're not totally confident bringing Bailey right in. So, you know, bring, I think he's got to be brave and playing some of the lads who are out, you know, playing out the, out the skin in the cup games and just be a bit, we're a bit hamstrung going forward. I think that's the issue. I think the only thing you really can change is switching up the midfield a bit and just trying something different. Um, I don't think there's any reason to, to worry too much just yet. It is the league that we're in. But the midfield, I think, is where we've got to switch things up and try and give Stuart a, a different way of, getting the best out of him. I mean, Elberton, Edmonton was pretty quiet today, but again, he's had a couple of games out, so he's probably just getting used to it. And then, again, as soon as you go... Well, exactly, exactly. I, I just think, I think today there was a lack of organisation. I don't know whether that was... We didn't have enough talkers on the pitch, but you think we would, but, you know, maybe Corey Evans has got to come back in and, and do that and kind of get that kind of organisation mindset in place and the talk and the communication. But I think he's got... I think, I think Johnson's just got to be brave and just... Just do something different with, with the with the start in eleven. We've had a, a pretty solid start in eleven, which is good because obviously we've been in good form. So why not? But I think there's time to take people out, and hopefully their injuries are going to help with that. You know, we've had obviously had a bit of bad luck with the four players getting injured, but um, yeah, it's it's a tough one to see what we can change because I do think we're limited in some areas. But I, I, for me, I would either switch up the personnel of the, of the, the formation midfield and maybe put an extra body in there, move people around, just do something. Bit more composure, I think, for me, the obvious is Corey Evans, just someone I know he's made of like um what's it, but like we do just someone with a bit of composure. He's obviously a very, very good player that's been hindered by injury. It's probably the only reason he's in League One. We've, we've kind of noticed that. So for me, Corey Evans, if he's fit, comes in and just says, Look, just keep hold of the balls. And when the other young lads and the experienced players are losing their head, you just keep the ball and just keep things plugging on because Tuesday is huge now. That's one of the games in hand. and Games in hand haven't always been nice to Sunderland. But just to finish off, obviously, Matt, I'll come to you first. Um, it's a question I've, I've started adding in. Um, wish I hadn't because the form's kind of dropped since. But what does that result mean in the context of Rotherham United season? Um, it's, just, it's well, we, we, we keep saying this when we beat Portsmouth and other teams, it's a statement victory. Sunderland have had a great start and we've not just beaten Sunderland, we've taken Sunderland apart. Had a bad day, all right, but we were part of the reason that Sunderland had a bad day. I, I, I got to the point in the season I don't know whether I'm underselling Rotherham United or not because it's all I'm, I'm always a bit of a person in life I'm an optimist when it comes to Rotherham United I always think something's going to go wrong sooner or later I feel you and, 100% <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we beat Portsmouth then we draw to Wickham and then we beat MK Dons and then I think oh we might be getting something good here and then we go put a 5-1 performance in at home and you're like well we might be quite good as you know but it feels like we're still going at radar a bit we're still only fourth Everybody else, Plymouth are having a good start. Everybody else, so it, we've got to keep going. We said at the start, at the start of this run of Pompey, Wickham, MK Dons, and you guys, we will know where we're going to be at the end of the season. And we've got what is it, nine, ten points out of twelve. We 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 should be looking for automatics now. That's where we look should be looking at now. Um, it's a long season. We're only you know fourteen games in, but why not? Let's look, we've got to look at this team and think. I'll be proud of what they're doing, proud of the work rate they're putting in. And they have got that quality. They're showing they've got that quality. So it's a huge win to beat our promotion rival. Should be a promotion rival. 5-1 at home is, is as I said, starts a statement victory for us. Massive, isn't it? Dan, on the flip side, same question to you. Uh, what does that result mean in the context of Sunderland season? I think it means you need to have a kick up the arse. Like, I think it means, again, I'm not going to be too... It means fucking um, sort yourselves out, lads. Put <laughs> <laughs> your finger out. Like, I'm not going to be too 
over the top. I think it means, okay, we need to get, get fucking serious about this because you look at the other games that we've lost, like we said, like you, there's, there's reasons you can kind of take with it as excuses or positives. There was none of that today. That was just a pure, absolute, you deserve nothing more than what you got. So I mean, you can't have that. So I think it, everyone needs to put, have a look at themselves and say, right, yeah, we've had a good start couple of slips up here and there but none that we took too seriously but this is a serious slip up like that's not acceptable so if they're going to be competing like you say if Robin was saying they can be competing in the top two that has to be what we're doing so but we're, we're, we're polar opposites today so I think it's a proper wake-up call for them they need to get really serious you're going to get out of this league you've got to be really okay you're going to lose games that's fine you know you can accept that but not in not in the way that we did today and that should be the really serious message is like this isn't this this cannot be tolerated. Like this is not how we should be performing. If you get beat, you get beat, but not in that manner. Yeah, it's not acceptable for someone in association football club, to be honest. Um on a serious note. But if you've made it this far, listeners, well done. Um <laughs> you get a blue Peter badge or whatever it is you get these days. I've got nothing to give you, honestly. My wage is nowhere near high enough. So you just get a pat on the back. Um if you've made it this far, you've definitely subscribed. So I'm not going to tell you to subscribe because if you've made it this far on a podcast, you must have subscribed. Um but I guess, I was going to say, things can't get worse. You never know something, but hopefully it won't. Um, Matt, it's been great chatting to you this week. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure it wasn't too hard for you to come on and discuss. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a decent one to discuss this, yes. But it's been good, thanks. thanks you want to go on an opposition podcast when you've just won 5-1? I would love to. Thank you very much. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, and Dan, good, great first debut. Um, slightly better than the performance on the pitch today, but only, only so slightly. I uh, could have done much worse, could I? So... Uh... <laughs> I know. Cheers for having us. Enjoyed it. Not a problem. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, Enjoy Halloween, which is, of course, the best holiday of them all.